You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle of Gary Cottle Ministries. Why are we here? Isn't that one of the great questions of all of the theologians of all of human history? Why are we here? And the Bible gives us a simple answer for that. You're here to glorify your Creator. That is the highest calling of man, to glorify their Creator. Did you know that God's glory is the only attribute of His that can be increased? Amen. The only attribute of God, so far as I can understand, that can be increased is His glory. Have you ever wondered why you're here? Have you ever wondered what you're supposed to do in this life? Today, Pastor Gary wants you to know that if you want to discover your true calling and live a purpose-driven life, you need to give your heart to Jesus. No matter what you accomplish on this earth, it'll never stay with you. If you want to invest in something that matters, fix your gaze on Jesus. He has always had you on His heart and wants nothing more than to dwell with you in His kingdom. Now here's Pastor Gary in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 as he continues his message, The Treasure Within. Second Corinthians chapter 4. And uh, we are going to continue the series that we started on digging for treasure. Previous series was on uh, digging the wells of revival. And uh, one of the things that will revive you is when you discover who you are in Christ and whose you are in Christ. And to understand that there's more to it, Brother Dale, than just warming a bench once or twice a week. Amen. We ought to do that. That's just a small piece of the pie. Because what God wants to do in those moments that you give him on Sunday morning and or Sunday night and or Wednesday is to infuse you with power and truth that will transform the rest of your week as you live for God and let your light so shine before men. And so God begins the process of sanctification. We're saved the moment we believe in Jesus Christ. But sanctification is a lifelong process. To be sanctified is to be set apart for the master's use. That means once you're bought with the price, you are not your own. You can no longer call the shots for yourself. You have to say, wait a minute, let me check with my master. Whether it's somebody else trying to talk you into doing something wrong or whether it's your old flesh trying to talk you into doing something wrong, you have to stop them and say, well, let's check with the master first. And if the master says don't touch it, then don't touch it. If the master says don't go there, then don't go there. If the master says don't think that, then don't dwell on it. If the master says you better not say that, then you better just zip your lips because the master knows best And that's the process of setting you apart so that he can use you for his glory and honor. Amen. And so he begins the process of unearthing all that is instilled in us the moment we become believers in Jesus Christ. Just as an infant who is just born into the world knows little about the world into which it came, 
So you and I as believers, newborn believers in Christ, know little about what all we got. And so we begin to discover through learning, through preaching, through teaching, through discipleship, amen, through going to church, through reading our Bible and praying and letting the Holy Spirit speak to us, we begin to be taught what it means to be an heir and a joint heir with Christ Jesus. That God is, has put us in a family and the implications are far greater than just being the member of a local church. The implications are that you are a king's kid. That you have royal blood flowing through your spiritual veins. And that you are called to a higher purpose and you can't just live like everybody else. And you can't just do like everybody else because you're on a mission now. You have a purpose. You have discovered the why. Why are we here? Isn't that one of the great questions of all of the theologians of all of human history? Why are we here? And the Bible gives us a simple answer for that. You're here to glorify your creator. That is the highest calling of man to glorify their creator. Did you know that God's glory is the only attribute of his that can be increased? Amen. The only attribute of God, so far as I can understand, that can be increased is his glory. His person cannot be increased because he's all he's ever going to be. But he's more than enough. So he don't need to be any more than he already is. But how could he be? He, he takes it to the extremity of anything we could possibly think or imagine. But one thing that can increase is the glory of God. That is the manifest power of God for those who have yet to believe. And for those of us who have already believed but still need more of God in our lives. And so for God to be glorified and magnified is not so much that he becomes bigger than he already is, but that your understanding of him becomes bigger in your heart and mind. That this world starts to look at Jesus through the lens of your testimony rather than the lens of Hollywood. Can I get an amen? Uh, so that this world gets a true version of Jesus. I, I recently heard a, a, a fellow brother of mine was uh, doing a VBS for a local church. He's an evangelist. And one of the things he does in his evangelistic ministry, he's, he, he's, he actually does VBSs for churches that don't have enough help to do VBS. So he'll bring in his own team and he'll conduct the VBS himself and he said that some children came through, and when they heard him start preaching about Jesus, they gasped thinking that he was cussing. Because their only reference to Jesus was the way Hollywood says it as a cuss word in the movies. So he had to, he had to educate them on the, how that Hollywood had it wrong and the Bible had it right. Listen, if, the, if God, people's only understanding of Jesus is your testimony of him, how would they, uh, how, what would he look like? To them, would, would he be wonderful? Would he be attractive? Or would they even notice that you claim him? Mm, so, see, God, that treasure within is Jesus. And he wants to shine through. But there's all this rubble in our soul and this flesh and this way we think. And, and we've got to go to God's re education camp. 
Call me brainwashed if you want to, but I'm glad that the Lord took his word and his spirit and his blood and began to wash my mind because it was filthy before I gave my heart and life to Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and I am brainwashed in a good way. Amen. I know communism, I know that's a whole different subject, and they put people in re-education camps to try to strip them of their religion. But would to God that Christians would let the Lord take Egypt out of our thinking and take Egypt out of our living and take Egypt out of the, you know, you know Egypt is a type of the world and the world's system, and the world's philosophy. It took God only uh, a day to take Israel out of Egypt, but it took them 40 years plus to take Egypt out of Israel. And so God begins that process of teaching us to think like Jesus, to speak like Jesus, to act like Jesus, amen, to love like Jesus, to preach like Jesus, Amen. To be obedient like Jesus. To be serving like Jesus. It's all about Jesus. And, and, but so many times we're in the way, so he's got to dig all that out. Amen. So that Jesus can shine through. So that was kind of a recap of what we talked about. And we looked at uh, chapter 4 and verse 7, where it said, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Simply put, we have no bragging rights in and of ourselves. Oh, we better be careful. (laughs) We better be careful. Some people just love to brag on their creds. Amen. And we sometimes love to brag on ourselves. As my father-in-law used to say, you might as well just nod your heads up and down and say amen. (laughs) Sometimes we like to brag, but who are we needing to brag about? Jesus, right? Amen. So the excellency of the powers of God and not of us. So let's look at point number one I want to talk about is the, the, the depth of this treasure. How deep is this treasure? Can I tell you this? God's roots run deep. Amen. God's plans are vast and intricate in detail. And I can tell you that he is so fascinating that he can tap you on the shoulder one day and inform you of a plan he had for thousands of years that you didn't know about until the day he invited you to the party. And it looks like random. And it looks like chaos to those that like to plan things. Because God just steps in your world and interrupts your schedule. You have your plans and then God says, I've got better plans. Y'all know what I'm talking about? We have these ideas about God. And our expectations on how we think God might do things. If you don't believe me, just study the life of the disciples. Every one of the disciples were offended at Jesus before leading up to the cross. In fact, Jesus said right before he went to the cross, all of you shall be offended of me this night. Why were they offended? They were offended because man-made religion gave them a lens through which to look at Jesus that was false. They expected Jesus 
to set up an earthly rule and reign right then and there and take over the Roman government and establish a, a government system. But Jesus said the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. It's not brick and mortar. It's in your heart. And so they were offended because they were ready to sit. On, they even had discussions on who would get to sit on his right hand or left hand. And they were not thinking about when we all get to heaven in the sweet by and by. They were talking about we ready to go to war and we ready to delegate authority right here and right now. Until Jesus said, that's not how we fight in this battle, boys. Here's how we're going to win this battle. At first, it's going to look like you're losing. Because you're going to have to die to self. You're going to have to let me go through the punishment of the cross. You're going to have to wait three days till I get back up. Don't worry, I'm coming back. But it's going to look really bad at first. And when, when Peter was ready to fight, I've referenced this recently. I'll reference again. When Peter was ready to fight in the garden for the life of Christ, Peter was trying to preserve and Jesus said, put up thy sword. Why do we so fight to keep what we thought was right when the Holy Spirit's here to teach us and to re-educate us and say there's a better way? And it's my way. Amen? And so God begins that process of teaching us His perspective. I wish I had some rose-colored glasses, but I don't. So I'm going to just pretend like these are rose-colored glasses. If these were rose-colored glasses, everything in here, well, first of all, it's real blurry because these are reading glasses. So y'all look like a bunch of fuzz. No offense. Amen. But if it were rose-colored glasses, everything in here would be tainted by the color of rose, right? All right. When you look at the world or the Bible or people through a lens other than the lens of the Holy Spirit teaching you and leading and guiding you into all truth, things don't look right until he takes it off and then you can see clearly. You're like, oh, that's what you meant. How many of you ever had a moment in your personal Bible reading time where the Lord just opened up your eyes to something and you were wowed by it? Let me see your hand. Man, isn't that awesome? You know what I've found, though, Brother Chris, when God shows me stuff like that, especially if I've never heard anybody else teach it like the way the Holy Spirit taught it to me, and you go to sharing that with other people, some of them will get excited, but some of them will think you're crazy. Well, I ain't never heard that before. But I'm glad that I have a teacher that don't ask their permission, don't you? Aren't you? Amen. He don't run up by them and say, now, can I teach Gary this? Is this going to be okay with it? No. And you have the same teacher living in you. Amen. And here's the cool thing about the Holy Spirit. Brother Dale, he knows how close you are and how far away I am from graduating from that class. Amen. He's a personal tutor. And you may not need as much help on a subject as I do or vice versa. Right? Because we're at different stages of growth and development in our spiritual walk with God. And so he's the perfect gentleman He'll meet you where you are, but not to keep you where you are. He will begin to lead you and guide you into all what? Truth. And so, there are some things that the Lord tried to show me, and it took years for him to peel back the scales of wrong ideas and rose-colored glasses, amen, and, and to take the scales off my and help me to see it clearly, 
from a purely biblical perspective rather than a man-made idea that wasn't quite right. And we've all seen this happen. And hopefully, as we grow in the Lord, here's a question that a dear friend of mine asked when he preached on the subject of legalism versus being liberated in Christ. Are you growing in grace or are you adapting to your environment? See, some people show up for church and uh, they run the party line, so to speak. And, and I mean no disrespect by that at all. But what I mean by that is uh, they're quick to be influenced by men, whether they're right or not, okay? And so they can quickly adapt. I was unfortunately exposed to some legalism when I grew up. If, when I say legalism, anybody know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. I, I see some hands. I'm talking about the kind of people that just mean as junkyard dogs when it comes to doing right, bless God, and if you don't live right, you can just hit the highway. You know, just a very foul spirit, just hard on people, no grace. You know what I'm saying? These are the kind of people back in the day that say if a woman wore pants to church, she needed to go home and put a dress on that, uh, that go all the way down to your ankles and that kind of stuff. They, they, preach on, uh, uh, they, they preach on all kinds of stuff. They preach against wire rim glasses. They pre- any kind of man-made junk. Um, you know what I'm talking about? But you know, uh, man-made religion takes on all kinds of varieties. Because it may not be about that. It could be about religious rules. Amen. It, it could be about any number of things that we can become very legalistic about. And what I mean by legalist is someone who who tries to create a... Did you know that they wrote over 600 additional laws to add to the Ten Commandments? And people might think they did that to facilitate their ability to better understand it and more adequately, but it was actually loopholes to keep them from having to be held accountable to the... You know, what God said was really simple. Amen. It was really simple. We complicate it. And so we create these things these hoops that we had to jump through, these religious acrobats that we have to perform, and we can become legalists, and we can, we can, Jesus taught the uh, scribes and Pharisees, though they didn't pay no attention to him, they put him to the cross partly for saying this, as much as of some of the other things they said, they said to him, that he said, uh, you neither enter into the kingdom nor do you suffer those that are entering to enter in. He said, when you do make a proselyte, you make them sevenfold the child of hell that you are. That was pretty stout. But that's what my point is. When you don't have the guidance of the Spirit of God leading you into all truth, then all you have is a cheap copy that has no life to it. It's just the the letter killeth. And so what happens in those kinds of environments is people become proselytes of that man-made religion rather than disciples of Jesus and followers of Jesus, right? And so what happens is it's very difficult for them to be led into truth because it goes against everything the, that religious system taught them. Just like the disciples struggled with the reality that Jesus wasn't fighting flesh and blood, but he was fighting against principalities and powers and rulers. But how many of you are glad to know that after resurrection, the disciples started coming around? Amen. They started getting things because now the Holy Spirit moved on the inside of them and became their teacher. Now they're like, oh, okay. 
I get it now. And then all of a sudden, you had one that was running from the cross named Peter to now he's running to the cross. Now you have Paul the Apostle. Historians teach us that Paul was so committed to the cause of Christ. Uh, I believe historians, if, I'm not, if my memory serves me correctly, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe they said that he ran to the chopping block and laid his head on the chopping block and got in position for them to cut his head off. Because when he said for me to live as Christ and to die as gain, that wasn't just cheap talk. It was the real deal for him. And what God does is he leads us into all truth where we don't just hear the word, but we do the word. Right? What good is church if it never affects our walk? What good is church if it never motivates us to do something for God? What good is church if it's just another activity to check off our list for the week, but we check out as soon as church is over and don't check back in until next Sunday morning? What good is it? Because the Holy Spirit is here to effect change, and there's some power living inside of you and me that God wants to activate in your life so that you can make as much of a difference or more of a difference even than the pastor can. This is where Christians get it wrong. They look at the spiritual leaders of the church as the super spiritual heroes, as if they're the ones that got their act together. And I'll never, I'll never be like Brother Gary. I'll never be like Brother Ron. I'll never be like uh, Brother Larry. I'll never be like Brother Otis. Or I'll never be like Brother Robert. I'll never be like so and so. And the the truth is, every one of us have the same dynamite power living on the inside of us. And listen, I'll tell you what God can do. He can take somebody that thinks of themselves as a nobody, lead someone to the Christ, and that person could become the next Billy Graham. Amen. Never underestimate the significance of your power to be a witness for Jesus Christ. In the kingdom, the first shall be last, and the last shall be first. And I believe that somewhere way back in the back of the line, if there were a line waiting to see Jesus in heaven, which I doubt there is, I don't know how heaven's going to be, but I kind of have a feeling that there's no waiting, which somehow, I mean, if he's going to be everywhere at all times, then maybe when we get to heaven, we can all meet him at the same time. I don't know. But if there were a line, I feel like I'd be way somewhere up in the back, and probably some of you would be a whole lot closer to Jesus than me. And that's the proper perspective to have. Because every one of us are given an assignment. Amen. And sometimes the one that's in the most light naturally in a church setting may not be the one that's making the biggest impact. I might influence you, but who's to say that God can't use you to win more people either directly or indirectly than I'll ever do in my entire life? That treasure is there. Don't give up on yourself. It's deep. Now, go with me quickly to Psalm chapter 139, and uh, we'll look at verses 13 through 17. Psalm chapter 139, verses 13 through 
17. Now this is a Psalm of David to give you a little bit of historical context. Uh, but even this scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for us. Somebody say amen right there. All right, so let's look at it. Verse 13, Psalm 139, verse 13. David is praying to the Lord, and here's what he says. For thou hast possessed my reins, my, my inner man, so to speak. Today's teaching is coming to an end, but you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Here at True North, we encourage all of our listeners to dive into Scripture regularly on your own. As you do, ask the Holy Spirit to guide your reading and reveal God's truth to you. Thanks for joining Pastor Gary Cottle today for True North. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new edition. If you'd like to learn more about True North or Pastor Gary, visit GaryCottle.com. Would you like to plan a visit to worship and study the Bible with Pastor Gary? You can find all the information you need about where he pastors and how you can visit at GaryCoddle.com. If you're not in the area, we do encourage you to find and begin attending a Bible-teaching church near you. Find a family of faith that you can invest in and who will encourage you in your own walk with the Lord. If you have any questions or would like to find out how you can support Gary Cottle Ministries and True North, please reach out to Pastor Gary. He can be reached at contact at garycoddle.com. That's contact at gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com. That's all for today. Join us next time for more right here on True North.